Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. The best is yet to come. go. The saga continues. The fire burns. The heat is hotter than ever. The mountain ahead is smaller than before and your world is bigger and better. The clouds look like pillows and the sun shines so nearby. The wind blows through the willows and now you know your why. The best is yet to come and the good will turn to great. The rest is said and done, and there is no time left to wait. So where are you with yours? What have you thought about? What plans have you made? What goals have you set? When is the time coming, or has the time already left? Are you on top of your game? Or are you groggy like you just slept? This episode, like several before, is the awareness personified piece. The announcement, the blast, the shout, the call, the notice, the slap, the push, the wake up, the get up, the reminder, the tap, the touch, the eyeball, the head nod, the dap, the bump, the note, the sound, the song, the spirit, the power, the pulse, the probe, the knock, the kick. The punch, the reminder, the megaphone, the midnight call, the holler, the
The head bump, the chest thump, the awareness, the memory, the joy, the reason, the season, the flavor, the taste, the wish, the dream, the goal, the pie, the shake, the cheese, and the cake. This is it. The bell ringing in your head that I can hear in my own. My spontaneous, passionate, powerful correspondence, which by design should make you think about it, reflect on it, and come to the conclusion of whether you are in it to win it or out of the game on the sidelines. Are you coaching or cussing? Are you driving or sitting in the back seat, wondering where the car is going and when it will stop the rest? Are you thinking like the also-ran? Or are you trying to be your best? All this episode is for me, so you'll understand, is my internal commentary reminding me of where I'm going and thinking out loud so you can hear me. Because in the final analysis, we all want the same stuff, but we are not always willing to re-engage and get after it, especially when time passes and we get older. Or when the bright light flashes and we're blinded by what we can't see. The reminder of what's good needs to be bigger than the irritating occurrences that in the end are very small. What is the best thing that you could ever think of that could happen to you? What's the most amazing fantasy or inspiring thrust forward that you could ever think of? What dreams of yours would you love to come true? What honest, true-to-life, heart-to-heart opportunity do you deserve and have you earned with your efforts and beauty? Can you see it? Can you hear it? Do you feel it? Can you take a second, right here and now, and close your eyes and see it? Try it. Stop. Right now and see it the way you want to be it. Isn't that good? Ain't that great? Then I ask you, will you be kind to yourself from here? Will you let yourself off the hook? Will you believe in these crazy dreams of yours and starting right now go after them? Will you be kind to others but not let others be awful to you? Will you walk away when the mud gets high and can you commit to stay when you know the reason why? Can you hear me speaking? Can you know what I mean? Can you keep yourself reaching in spite of all the cynicism and mean? So I decided today as I plan for the next week's episode an interview of a great kid and sharp young man to talk about his dreams and staying true to his own path to just Talk about it so I could be about it. It's so tough sometimes though, right? So difficult to see the picture clear. But when you stop for a minute and just breathe. Just let the good in. Amazing things can happen to your life. So I'm preaching today. So what? So I'm speaking today. So what? If you hear me, you know what I'm talking about. You know, your dreams are sitting there waiting to be fulfilled with you as the driving force who must never give up, must never quit because you deserve it. Because you are as valuable and important and as deserving as anyone else. And you're a pretty good person, too. So let's believe together for a minute. 
let's get our butt in gear. Because in the end, we owe we, man. You owe you. It's up to you to keep this train on track and find the destination ahead. I reflect on the crazy challenges my life started with. Half-blinded, death everywhere, anger and imbalance and confusion and just freaking pain all over the place, man. Then business and the grind and doubt of whether I fit or not and those business ethics or the absence of them and the demands of corporations and the hard challenges of being a dedicated entrepreneur and staying up late and staying the course long and raising a family and staying with them all the way through and learning to become a good example and believe in the truth, my truth, my veritas. And while I do not say it for sympathy or to wear it on my sleeve, but the racism got me too. The absence of fair play. It for sure wasn't always fair. But you know what? I ain't the negative side of that dude anymore. Haven't been for a really long time. But those experiences proved to me that, man, woman, you can accomplish all kinds of cool stuff in this life if you apply yourself, believe, work for it, and stay your freaking course. I'm smiling now because I saw it happen transformation, manhood overhaul, growth and development, and joy. Find your joy. Keep your joy. A friend of mine once told me, don't let anyone take your joy, ever. And you know what? They were right. So smile, damn it. Laugh about something. Just because, man. Because you earned it, woman. And please note that joy and depression cannot occupy the same space. You can't be both at once. So now, here I am, this dude with a voice, with a purpose, to remind you, all of you, and myself in the process, to emphasize the good. Focus on the great. Take some time to celebrate you. You've got no time left to wait. Now, you see how I'm speaking to you here in this vernacular tone? Well, there's a scientific reasoning here as well. So let me break it down for you here in part two of this episode. If you want to take a break, now's the time. Because I'm going to hit you with the science next. Stand by. Here's what happens when we focus too much on what we lost versus what we found. And the truth is, what you focus on is what becomes most powerful. It's important to discover why your thoughts and feelings matter. 
What you focus on is what becomes most powerful. Think about it. The message is real and comes fortified with some serious science. It's called experience-dependent neuroplasticity. <laughs> that mouthful and the research around it has caught fire in the psychological community, and the findings are powerful. The implications for all of us are profound. At the heart of the research is the finding that experience changes the brain. Just think about that for a minute. You have incredible capacity to change your brain through your experiences. Up until the last decade or so, it was thought that the brain stayed fairly much the same and wasn't open to influence or change. We know that just isn't true. Each of us has a brain that is designed to be malleable and plastic and open to our influence. It is constantly shaping itself to be the best one it can be for us. Our experiences are the fuel for this shaping and everything we see, feel, experience, sense, and do is slowly but surely changing the architecture of our brains, sending gentle instruction on how they can build to best support us. How does it work? Between the walls of our skulls, billions of neurons, brain cells, work together to shape us into the humans we are. Different neurons are responsible for different parts of our experience, whether it's eating, feeling, sleeping, sensing, threat, firing up, falling in love, spelling, laughing, remembering, learning, nurturing. You get the idea? Being human is complicated and our brain drives all of it. It's no wonder we are still discovering its secrets. Every time you have an experience, the relevant neurons switch on and start firing. As this happens, neural connections get stronger and new synapses start growing. Even as you read this, sparks are flying in your head. About a hundred billion neurons are waiting and ready to act, but not all of them will be recruited. The ones that are will depend on the experience you're having. The neurons that are connected to your immediate experience, what you are feeling, thinking, seeing, sensing, doing, experiencing, will fire the new connections, will start to form within minutes. The more connected the neurons, the stronger that area of the brain the more responsive and effective it will be. The neurons that aren't as needed will eventually wither away. This withering away is normal and healthy and is one way the brain grows into its most efficient self. You can't grow the edges of your head so your brain occupies some precious real estate. The space is reserved for the neurons that you need the most, the ones that will best support you given the life you're living. Every time we have an experience, the corresponding neurons are activated. Each time they are activated, they are elevated a little in the order of importance. Repeating or prolonging an experience will keep the connections between neurons strong and ensure that they stay. This is why, for example, we can recite the alphabet without thinking. It's not because we were born baby geniuses with a cute alphabet jingle imprinted into our brains. 
It's because throughout childhood, we sing the alphabet song and have it sung to us many times, that the relevant neurons are repeatedly activated enough to eventually form rock-solid connections. Experience doesn't just effect change by creating new connections and strengthening existing ones. It also seems to reach into our genes. The tiny atoms in the DNA inside the nuclei of our neurons and change the way they function. A regular practice of mindfulness, for example, will increase the activity of genes that have the capacity to soothe a stress reaction in the heat of a moment, ultimately making you more able to deal with stress. Everything you experience will alter the physical structure of your brain in some way. The things you do, the people you spend time with, every feeling, thought, and automatic experience will influence the wiring in your brain to make you who you are and to influence you into believing who you can become. Brains can change, though. Let me tell you a true story that I learned. A bunch of neuroscientists wanted to explore how brains can change. To do this, they called on London cab drivers and some serious brain imaging. In order to become a London taxi driver, would-be cabbies have to pass the knowledge. This is a test of memory and is one of the most difficult tests in the world to pass. It involves memorizing at least 320 basic routes, 25,000 streets within those routes, and about 20,000 landmarks and places of interest. It usually takes about four years of committed study, and at the end of it, those who have done the work end up with what amounts to a road map of London imprinted in their brains. A series of brain scans conducted on a group of drivers after their training revealed that their brains had actually changed to support their learning. Prior to the learning, the part of their brains responsible for spatial memory, the posterior hippocampus, was much the same as everyone else's. Fast forward to the end of the training, and it was found to be significantly larger. The longer a cabbie had been on the job, the bigger that part of their brain. Learning and repeated experience had changed the brain according to the job it was needed for. Why it's so important to be deliberate about who you're with and what you do. Experiences matter. They matter in the moment and in the way they can change the brain beyond the immediate circumstance. Your brain will build and change whether you like it or not. It's so important to build it in the direction you want it to build in. Think of it as a mark on a page. At first, the mark might be so faint as to not even be noticeable but keep going over the mark, even with the slightest of pressure, and that mark will get more defined and more permanent. Your attention and focus will always be somewhere, maybe many places, which means there are wirings and firings happening all the time, strengthening what's there or creating something new. If you aren't deliberate and conscious in shaping your brain, other people and experiences will do this for you. Experiences, situations, and people, positive or negative, will leave lasting traces on your brain by way of strengthened neural pathways. 
by being purpose, purposeful about your experience and the experiences you repeat or spend longer doing, you can have a direct influence over how your brain strengthens and grows and the pathways that are most likely to endure. But it does take a deliberate and conscious effort. What you focus on will determine the parts of your brain that fire, wire, and strengthen. Then, as those parts of the brain switch on and the neurons start firing, lasting connections will be made, strengthening memories and influencing what the brain will attend to in the future, positive or negative. If you let your mind settle on self-criticism, self-loathing, pain, distress, stress, worry, fear, regret, guilt, these feelings and thoughts will shape your brain. You will be more vulnerable to worry, depression, anxiety, and be more likely to notice the negatives of a situation, frame things in a negative way, and be barreled off track by what you could have or should have done. On the other hand, if you focus on positive feelings, and frame situations with a tilt towards the positive. Eventually, your brain will take on a shape that reflects this hard wiring and strengthening connections around resilience, optimism, gratitude, positive emotion, and self-esteem. The power to change your brain. We all have it. Here's how to use it. We are wired to notice threat and bad feelings. This is completely normal and healthy, and it's what has kept us alive for thousands of years. We humans are brilliant when it comes to noticing the bad, analyzing it, and hanging on to it until we learn something from it. It's called the negative negativity bias, and it's powerful. The problem is that while it is our very human way to notice the bad, it is also human to let the good slide right out of us. It's not unusual that in a day of good conversation, fabulous people, and enriching experiences, your mind will stick with the one argument, the one bad phone call, or the one jerk that crossed your path. Imagine it, if it could be the other way around, with the good sticking and the bad sliding away into the doesn't matter zone. Because we humans are powerful creatures. We can go one better than imagining it. We can do it. But it takes a hard and deliberate push. Which is okay because we all have that in us. First, we have to switch on the good and be deliberate in noticing positive experiences. This might be more difficult than it sounds, particularly if you have a brain that, like many beautifully human brains, is well-trained in noticing the bad. When you have the good in your radar, let your mind settle on it for a long enough time to start the neurons firing in your brain. Don't just notice it, feel it. Hold on to it for at least 20 seconds. After this time, the experience will be hard wiring into your brain, firing neurons and strengthening the connections that will ultimately shape your experience. This will start to grow these parts of your brain and shape a brain that is able to notice the good, respond to the bad, and move forward 
rather than stay stuck. If the positive experience isn't ready and waiting in front of you, do what you can do to create it. It doesn't have to be monumental. Try calling on a memory, listening to a song, making a phone call, organizing a catch-up meeting, playing or doing something that makes you feel nurtured. When you do, make the feeling stay. It might want to fade away, but don't let it. Not right away. Like any habit, noticing the good takes time to become automatic. Notice how quickly you notice the bad and let go of the good. Be deliberate in balancing things up and gradually this in itself will also change your brain. Does this mean negative feelings are a no-go all the time? Negative feelings are never a no-go. Being deliberate and focusing on the positive doesn't mean that we have to pretend negative feelings don't exist. Negative feelings are important too and deserve to be there. They guide us to withdraw when we need space to heal. They alert us to problem people or situations and they act as a warning sign. Negative feelings should be honored as much as positive ones, but they will come to with a cost if they are allowed to take over. The neurons that fire together will wire and cause lasting changes in the brain. Staying in bad feelings beyond their usefulness will ultimately do damage. It's like going over and over the mark that serves no useful purpose but to keep a wound open. Every time you go over it, you're making it a little heavier, a little stronger, a little harder for you to exist without its influence. It's always okay to feel the bad, to sit with it, and to explore the wisdom that it contains. The wisdom will always be in there somewhere. Certainly, an avoidance of negative emotions will have its own costs. To stop the negative from running away and doing damage, actively work towards balance wherever you can. Take some time to focus on your resilience, your courage, your strength, your inner wisdom. If you are feeling lonely, Take time to draw on memories or people who love and appreciate you. Whether it's a you, yo, what's up text just for nothing, an invitation, a photo, a memory. If you are feeling drained, take time to draw on experiences that nourish you. When the experiences happen, let the feelings stay for long enough to let them do their important work. Notice the bad. Feel it. Let it bring you new wisdom. But don't keep watching it in the rearview mirror when there are other things around you that can start to move you forward. And finally, by directing your focus and staying with your experience, you can change your brain and shape it towards a more positive, compassionate, resilient, kinder, happier, more empowered and contented way of being. You can turn positive experiences into positive brain changes, which will in turn change your day-to-day experience. What you focus on is powerful. The brain will build around what it rests upon. Whether we view the world through a lens that is sad or happy, optimistic or hopeless, whether we are open to love or quick to close it down is all directed by our brain. What you pay attention to will shape your brain. 
which in turn will shape your experiences, your relationships, and your life. Stay on top of your passion and the good in your life. If you do, you ain't seen nothing yet. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until we meet again, time!